Back to the future. Sirens wailed, voices shouted, sounds of machinery and motors rattled loudly, and the air smelled of gasoline and burning rubber. Jack opened his eyes and saw nothing but the Chicago River through the broken glass of what used to be his windshield. His hands went reflexively to his face, and sure enough, that wetness he felt was blood. On full reflex mode now, he lowered his hands into view and looked at his own blood smeared on his hands. His heart raced. Don't move! A woman's voice shouted into his ear, startling him and making him jump. She sounded as if she was just inches from his ear. Jack turned to his left, and there was a short, red-haired female police officer apparently standing on the running board of his SUV. Her eyes were wide, and she seemed to be leaning at a strange angle. What? asked Jack, dazed. Do not move, sir, she barked again, too loudly. Look, you're hanging on the edge of this bridge, and if you start moving around, you may go right off into the water. So don't move until we get a cable on you. Jack looked around and realized his vehicle was dangling over the edge of the bridge, tilting down to the water. The seatbelt pinched his chest tightly, and now he knew why. It was keeping him from falling through the windshield into the water. The policewoman shouted back to the back of the truck, Yes! Okay, go, go, go! He felt a sharp pulling, and the vehicle lurched backwards. The seatbelt dug deeper into his chest, forcing the air out of his lungs. The SUV squealed loudly as the cable from the tow truck hauled it back onto the street above, scraping the concrete bridge walls, which tumbled down into the river. Slowly, he came back to normal in a vertical, seated position. Good, that's good. The policewoman waved back towards the back again, and the movement of the vehicle stopped. Get him out of there, she shouted, and a group of paramedics and firefighters descended on Jack, rapidly, but gently extricating him from the bent metal and glass. They flatboarded him out of the vehicle and onto a waiting stretcher. As the paramedics lifted him up into the ambulance, he overheard someone whispering behind him, Can you believe that? He would have gone totally into the river. I know, said a second voice that sounded like the policewoman. When I came up to him, he was totally unconscious, with that cut in his head and bleeding like that. If he'd gone swimming, I think he'd have drowned. Jack felt the stretcher bed being locked into place and then watched as a paramedic jumped in the back and took a seat next to him. Smiling, he said, Hello, what's your name? And began to tear open sterile packages and clean Jack's bloody face. Jack, I I'm Jack, he said, eyes clenched as the paramedic continued to wash his face. Well, today you get a new name, said the paramedic. What? asked Jack. Your new name is One Lucky SOB, he laughed and patted Jack's shoulder. The ambulance began to move away slowly, but suddenly, Someone was banging hard on the double back doors. The paramedic peeked out, nodded his head, and opened the door. It was the red-headed policewoman. She had something in her hand. She lifted it up to where he could see from his lying down position and asked, You need this? It was the leather journal that Ted had given him. Jack nodded yes. She pressed it into his outstretched palm and smiled. Good luck, sir. You'll be fine. Overwhelmed by the shock, the relief, and the pain that was starting to throb in his head, Jack pulled the journal to his chest, struggling to fight back tears. One lucky SOB indeed. He smiled at the paramedic's joke. Taking a long, deep breath, he sighed and closed his eyes. The paramedic injected something into his arm, 
and Jack felt a heavy wave of sleepiness wash over him as the pain faded. He closed his eyes.